Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I am one of the co-chairs of the New Lawyers Forum, um, along with Jess Camano, and I am uh, a litigation associate at Arrowwood, so I'm a new lawyer myself, of course. Um, we are so happy to have you join us today to talk about um, increasing your visibility as a new lawyer. Uh, we have an all-star uh, panel today to speak to you on this topic. Um, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves uh, and share with you one fun fact about what they've been uh, doing during quarantine. Um, so we can start with Susan. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you, Kathleen. And thank you to the uh, ABA also for putting this together. I think this is going to be a fun program. Um, I'm happy to be part of it. So I'm Susan Bocamazzo. I'm the publisher at Lawyers Weekly. I've been at Lawyers Weekly for about 25 years. I started out as a reporter, and I've been in my current role as publisher of Massachusetts and Rhode Island Lawyers Weekly for about 10 years. And a fun fact, this is probably not unique to me, but I've been doing a lot more cooking during quarantine. Um, I have a 17-year-old and a 20-year-old, and the first thing they ask every day is what's for dinner. Uh, so last week, I debuted a turkey meatloaf that was a big hit. Um, and I've also been doing a lot of baking, which is, which is complicated now because it's hard to find things like vanilla and cinnamon and flour, but I've, I've persevered. So that's my, uh, that's my fun time during quarantine. Awesome. Thank you, Susan. Mandy? Hi. Uh, hello to everyone out there. I'm Mandy Hurt. I'm the Director of Attorney Coaching at Morgan Lewis. Um, I work with associates at all levels of their careers in helping them navigate uh, professional development and career management. And uh, as far as a fun fact during quarantine, I'm a huge spin fan. Um, my spin bike broke about three weeks ago. So I have re-engaged in my hate of jogging. Um, and I've been out there hitting the roads and trying to stay upright. And I've been fairly successful. <laughs> That's great. Steve? Uh, good afternoon. My name is Steve Ryden. I'm a partner with the law firm of Beck Reed Ryden that we founded 10 years ago this weekend. Um, I've been practicing um, for a little bit more than 20 years now. I'm a former new lawyer and um, I do commercial litigation. We have a focus on non-compete trade secret disputes at my firm. Um, the fun fact for me about the quarantine, I guess, is that we have created the most elaborate morning routine imaginable and it involves sitting down for an hour with my four-year-old and watching Sesame Street uh, from, front to, from front to back. So that's what we've been doing, which is great. That's great. Okay, and last but not least, Payal. I'm Payal Salzberg. I am a partner at Laredo and Smith. Um, I've been practicing for about 12 years, so I'm probably the most junior of the speakers and uh, slightly uh, more senior than Kathleen. Um, Fun fact, while everybody else is uh, sheltering at home, um, I've been spending my weekdays and weekends at Mass General, um, volunteering there. Um, and it's been really fun because I get to socialize as opposed to sitting at home and staring at my wall. So. Great. Well, thank you all very much. Um, so just to give everyone uh, an idea of what we're going to cover today, um, we basically have, you know, different topics uh, that cover how new lawyers can increase their visibility uh, in the legal community, how they can get out there, get their name out there. Um, so we're gonna start with talking about publishing, um, and then we're gonna go to volunteering in the legal community, uh, then cover uh, recognition, how to be recognized in the legal com community, uh, and then um, cover some advice from the, the panelists, um, and finish with a question and answer. Um, segment. 
So um, I think we'll, we'll start with talking about how new lawyers can get published and how they can kind of get their, uh, their voice out there. So Susan, can you talk a little bit about Mass Lawyers Weekly and how new lawyers uh, might get involved there? I certainly can. Um, so to get involved with Mass Lawyers Weekly and get published in the paper, there's basically four ways you can do that. Um, the most obvious way is contributing um, an article, contributing a, a column or, or an op-ed piece. And if you're familiar with the publication, you know that we run maybe two or three of those each week. Uh, those are typically under 1,500 words, and they're on a topic that is of interest to the legal community. It could be a new case, it could be a trend in a practice area, it could be a piece of legislation. Um, and those we run, there's probably about a two or three week delay in terms of getting those in. If you have something that you've written that you think would be of interest to the community, you can simply send it to me or send it to my editor, uh, Henriette Campaign. If you are thinking of writing something, it might be a good idea to reach out to her and make sure there's not something similar that's in queue or something similar that's being written by a staff attorney. You wouldn't want to put together a 1500 word piece that you were hoping to get in Mass Lawyers Weekly and then find out that the editor is gonna choose not to run it because it's too similar to something that's already been, been there. The second avenue is letters to the editor. These are uh, shorter. Typically they run maybe 300 words. Uh, it's a much easier way to get yourself published if, you, if it feels kind of daunting to sit down and put together a 1500 word article. And again, they're in response to something that's happening that's of interest to the community. So it could be a piece of legislation. It could be something that ran in Mass Lawyers Weekly. It could be an op-ed that ran in Mass Lawyers Weekly and you have either a differing view or, or the same view and you want to sort of buttress that argument with comments of your own. So really anything that's of interest to the community and is about the law in Massachusetts is fair game for, for a letter to the editor. The third way is to be a source in a staff written story. So we have three reporters in, at Lawyers Weekly and we cover Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Um, that's, that's a lot of terrain to cover. Now they get out there, not now obviously, and they look for their own story ideas, but we get a lot of suggestions from the community. We get a lot of tips from lawyers who will call up me or Henriette or one of the reporters and say, did you know about this decision? Do you know everybody in the family bar is talking about this? And if you do that, chances are you're gonna be a source in the story. So if you have a case that's interesting, if you have something that's happened, you think, hey, that might be a Lawyer's Weekly story, don't hesitate to reach out. I, sometimes lawyers will say, well, you know, we, we assume you already heard about that. You really shouldn't do that because uh, being a source is a great way to get your name out there and associated with a particular practice area. Um, I would suggest, you know, keeping in your mind, looking for things that you think are going to be newsworthy. Think, does this break new ground? Is it part of a trend? Is it an extremely large verdict? Um, is it a really unusual lawsuit? Is it a case that answers questions that people have been asking in my practice area? Any of those might be a good topic for a, a Lawyers Weekly story. Um, some of those might be a topic for a publication other than Lawyers Weekly. I mean, our audience is all lawyers but you might have something going on that's of interest to the Boston Business Journal or, or, or to a more general audience like the Boston Globe. So if you're always thinking, is this something that's newsworthy? Is this something that's a story? I think you'll find that you who are working on things that actually are something you could pitch and it's another way to get your, your name out there. And the last thing I'll mention, and this is really more for your marketing people, 
um, than for the lawyers themselves. But we now run what's known as sponsored content. Years ago, that really wasn't done and it was more traditional advertising. But more and more, more and more papers are now doing this. And it, that's paid content. And so the distinction I would say is that if you are pitching a story that is about something that is going to be of interest to the community as a whole, that's a potential news story. If it's a story that's really about you or your law firm, that's a sponsored content piece. And again, this is re really more for your marketing people to understand the distinction, but that's, that's how it works for Mass Lawyers Weekly, and I think that's how it works for most publications, that if it's a broad interest, then that's something that's a potential news piece. Great, thank you so much, Susan, that, that was excellent. And I, I know uh, our BBA rep said at the beginning, um, but just to remind everyone, if anybody has questions, um, we're gonna have a question and answer period at the end. So if you have questions for Susan or for any of the panelists, um, uh, you, know, you can and definitely feel free to ask them. Um, so we'll turn to Steve uh, Ryden. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, Boston Bar Journal? S staying on publishing um, for, for now. Certainly. Uh, Thanks, Steve. Uh, certainly. So um, I just want to pick up one. I just pick up one thread um, that Susan mentioned about being a source. Uh, a few years ago, there was a Supreme Court case that was being decided about the First Amendment and its relationship to um, video game companies. And, and since Boston has a lot of video game companies and the Globe covers those, um, I reached out to a Boston Globe. Um, uh, uh, journalist Hiawatha Bray to pitch the story about this Supreme Court case that was coming out. And because I pitched it to him and he liked the story, he made me his lead source on the story. Um, so that was for doing almost no work and reading the case and just educating a, a reporter uh, became a, a source for that story. So what Susan said is absolutely um, available to you as a tool for becoming, um, for raising your profile there. Uh, so I'm the editor of the Boston Bar Journal. <clears throat> And the Boston Bar Journal is the uh, official quarterly publication uh, for the Boston Bar Association. And it is like, but is not exactly a quarterly law review, um, where there are different topics that are covered each quarter, including um, legal in-depth legal analysis, case summaries, um, articles about the profession, um, articles about um, what it's like to be a judge, the view from the bench. And um, we are always looking for uh, writers to draft articles for us. Um, the board of editors is about half lawyers, uh, half judges, and um, they review every submission that comes in. And we're looking for articles that uh, cover something that's of uh, current topical interest or something that um, is deserving to be written about that hasn't been covered in our in our uh, pages for a while. The way to submit your story ideas is to simply Google the Boston Bar Journal, uh, and then there is a submission form that you are encouraged to uh, go ahead and fill out. Um, you can come up with even two or three pitches if you'd like. If there is a particular story that you're interested in or if you have a question about, um, you can reach out to me um, uh, individually, just uh, look me up through Beck Reed Wrighton, and I'm happy to talk to you about any ideas that you might have. And it's a great way Way, um, to get published in if you're looking for a co-author you can pair up with a co-author um, to help you put the article together and then once you pitch the article we'll help you think about how to shape it we will help you edit it and um, get it ready for print uh, and it becomes something that lives online um, for eternity uh, and it's a great way to uh, get yourself published and to raise your profile at the BBA and then uh, at the bar, local bar generally. 
Great. Thank you very much, Steve. Um, and it's great to hear about these publications, Mass Lawyers Weekly and the BBJ. Mandy, I know you work with uh, new lawyers at Morgan Lewis. So uh, if you could just kind of give your perspective on um, publishing for new lawyers, um, you know, w within the firm, how you help them kind of reach out to these publications or get involved um, in publishing in, in any other way, that would be great. Sure, I'm happy to. So um, our firm, and I'm, I'm sure many of the firms out there, um, have some sort of blog or firm newsletter that they're trying to push content uh, out to either current clients or prospective clients. Um, and it's a really good opportunity for more junior lawyers to potentially partner with a senior associate or a partner at a firm um, where they can work together to put together an article um, that could be published, being a little bit proactive and, and seeing what is out there from um, client trends and staying on top of the news and then talking to the folks at the firm to see what clients might be interested in. And this is also kind of an opportunity to potentially write a, a shorter article um, without too much of a time commitment. Um, so it helps build visibility both out to clients externally, but it also helps build internal visibility as building relationships within the firm. Um, and we've seen that be very productive for uh, junior associates. The one um, thing that I, I always caution junior associates to do when they're thinking about, you know, some thought leadership opportunities and, and writing um, is to make sure that, especially at a firm or an organization, that you're kind of clearing the types of things that you want to write about or at least using a sounding board um, of someone who might be a little bit more experienced or seasoned just to make sure that what you're looking to push out there aligns with um, client interests and also the goals of the firm or practice group. So that I think is a big thing to just consider as you're trying to figure out what are appropriate topics going forward. Great, and um, Kyle or anyone else, uh, do you have anything else to add? Maybe your own experience with publishing or anything that hasn't been covered yet uh, on this topic? Uh, sure, um, <clears throat> so the other, um, you know, a couple of bullet points on there uh, talks about other um, areas that you could get um, some traction with publishing. One is the Mass Bar Association's e-journal. Um, I think that's published pretty frequently and it's by email. Um, the requirements there are pretty, uh, pretty limited in terms of the number of words. I think it's somewhere between 400 and 500 words, so it can be a very quick um, article about anything that interests you or do you think uh, that would be of interest to people who read uh, the MBA e-journal. Again, it's typically for lawyers who are reading it, so um, you know that's your audience in mind. Mass Law Review, uh, again, is um, a bigger endeavor because these articles tend to be very, very scholarly, go through several rounds of reviews and um, it's a lot more effort, so I would suggest that before you get to the mass law review level, you kind of think about, you know, the bullet points on the screen are generally tend to be from um, lesser investment of time and resources to greater investment of time and resources. So that's what I would suggest. Great. Thank you. Um, okay, I think we can move on to um, the next topic, uh, volunteering in the legal community um, in terms of furthering uh, your professional development, getting your name out there, and also obviously contributing your um, skills and knowledge to the community. 
Um, so maybe we'll start with you on that one. Um, how have you kind of gotten involved and what would you recommend uh, lawyers do to get more involved um, in the community? Sure. Um, so there's volunteering in the legal community, which I'll talk about first, and then there's volunteering in your social residential community where you, know, where you live, uh, which I'll talk about second. So the, in the legal community, BBA has been a wonderful resource for me for just getting my name and expertise in the areas of law that I practice out um, and known to people. So if you'd like to be on um, a panel, you've got an idea for a panel or a topic that you think you'd be interested in presenting. Um, usually as more junior lawyers, it's a little intimidating to run it yourselves um, or to be one of the main speakers, but one of the very um, good ways to get your name out there is to initially become a moderator where you can get two or three people who are more experienced in that area of practice and you know, put together a panel and it need not be anything extensive. It could be a one hour brown bag, uh, lunch brown bag. That's a great way to get started. Um, that's how I got started in the BBA, just moderating panels. And then slowly went up to um, being a speaker on the panel, which again, it's a, it's a little bit more work, but um, again, you're, you're with other people on the panel, so it's not that intimidating. And then finally, to the point um, where you're comfortable presenting on panels, um, you can you know, host your, uh, on your own and be uh, one of the leading speakers. So the BBA has been very, very helpful in that sense in getting um, your name out. And the BBA does a very good job of uh, marketing uh, these uh, programs you know, on social media, by email. They have a regular email that goes out, I think every Tuesday or Wednesday, that highlights the programs that are coming up. So your name's gonna go in there. Um, a lot of the times, uh, big firms, mid-sized firms will also send out marketing materials, highlighting um, upcoming seminars and panels. So that's a really good way to get your name out. Um, and then there's, um, in the legal community, there's also board membership. Um, I'm on the board of a couple of legally um, legal-based uh, boards uh, and, you know, that's another good way to get your name out and also not only to get your name out, but also to get the organization's name out. So, for example, I'm on the board of um, an organization called Boston CASA, which um, helps with um, foster care children in, that are court-involved. Um, and so whenever I, you know, if there is an event or there is an um, issue of particular interest, I put that out on social media. And not only am I getting my own name out, but I'm also highlighting the organization and the organization's mission. So you can get, you know, a, a two-for-one deal there. Um, and then we've got a few other volunteering um, areas listed on the slide that, um, again, they're not limited to these, but there's good starting places to see. Mass Pro Bono has a huge database of opportunities. Um, again, it's online. You could just look up by um, area of practice you know, or area of interest, um, and it's all over Massachusetts. So you can pick and choose uh, what you would like to be involved in. And then aside from uh, volunteering within the legal community, there's also volunteering in your social community. So for example, you know, uh, what I started off saying was that I've been volunteering at Mass General and um, I, every so often I put that out on, um, on uh, social media to highlight not only what I'm doing there, but also what others are doing there, in, especially in this COVID-19 fight. Um, and it's a great way to uh, tell people what you do outside of uh, just the legal community. And uh, I was lucky enough that Boston.com picked up 
um, what I was doing. And so there was a, an article on that in boston.com. And so I got a little bit more visibility. So um, just a few things that I can think of at, at the moment, but the most important thing is not just volunteering, but to get your visibility out, you need to market yourself. So sometimes, I mean, initially when I started doing this, I felt a little odd posting on LinkedIn about myself, but that's what you need to do. You need to not only just talk about what you're doing, but also about the community that you're doing it with or the organization that you're doing it with. And if you don't talk about yourself, nobody's going to know. Um, if you want, you can get your farm firm's marketing person to maybe do um, some talking about what you've been doing in the legal community and do it that way and then share it with your network that way. But it's very, very important to remember that all the good work that you are doing needs to be um, sent out to the legal community so people really know. Thanks, Payal. I think that that's a great point. You have to kind of show, show what you've been doing or, you know, maybe no one will know. So you got to get yourself out there. Uh, I did have one follow-up question. In terms of board membership, I'm just interested, how did you kind of get involved with Boston CASA? Is, what's the process like to try to join a board? Um, how did you start that? Okay, so I got started just by Googling. Um, I found on Google that, you know, I just did a search for um, board members, local Boston organizations. Um, and so a few of them came up. One thing about board membership that you have to be a little bit careful about, especially as junior lawyers, that you're not so established in your careers, um, a lot of boards will have give or get policies where as a board member, you are expected to make a financial contribution to the boards, um, to the organization, sorry. Um, that's one of the many ways that they raise funds for the organization. So as you're thinking about board membership and looking at the applications and the qualifications and characteristics for what they're looking for, one of the big things to ask about is what is the give or get policy? A lot of boards have very low numbers, um, uh, figure some, you know, they'll say $500 a year or $1,000 a year, that may be something more doable. Some boards, um, for example, the MFA, obviously we're not gonna get to that level just at the first step, but for example, the Museum of Fine Arts, a board there, has a much bigger um, give or get policy. And there are some other boards where they say, give as much as you can to the point that it pinches. So I found Boston Casa through a, um, the Women's Bar Association had a get together for members of the Women's Bar and um, local organizations that were looking for board members. And so there was a get together, we talked to, it was almost like speed board dating where we went to, um, each uh, board's, uh, each organization's table, and we talked about ourselves. We found out about what they were doing, and then at the end of um, the at the end of the event, we reached out to the boards that we were interested in and said, you know, we'd like to move forward with the um, engagement. And so that's kind of how I found Boston Casa. It's been wonderful um, as a way to not just get to know people who practice in my area, but people who are doing other wonderful things in the community and really making an impact. Um, so that's, you know, just basic Google searches, uh, talk to, if you're in a bigger firm, uh, talk to people like Mandy and they'll be able to help you find a board that's, um, that meets what you're looking for, your interests, um, and, you know, that you can contribute to. That's great. Thank you so much, Fael. I know there's whole, uh, you know, panel discussions on board membership. So I just, I just thought I'd follow up. That was really helpful. Uh, Mandy, do you want to share a little bit about how you work with uh, attorneys to help them get involved in the, the legal community? Or volunteer? Oh, sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, so in Morgan Lewis, we have a fair 
really robust pro bono program. Um, and I realize, you know, we may be on the larger end of firms, but generally firms that are out there um, have some sort of pro bono initiative. So it's great to kind of find out what the firm is plugged into, um, see if there are opportunities that you're interested in. I, um, putting my professional development hat on, I strongly encourage new lawyers to take advantage of pro bono opportunities. Um, these kind of engagements allow you to really kind of hone some substantive skills and really get some direct client contact that you might not otherwise have as um, a, a practitioner earlier in your career. So in addition to kind of getting yourself out there and being visible, you're also able to develop your own skill set. And, it, and it's, you know, kind of a win-win for everyone. I, I do want to echo um, what Pyle said about um, really finding something that you're interested in. You want to make sure, you know, when I'm talking to associates about, you know, where should I be plugging my time? There's so many demands and pulls on it. Um, you want to make sure that you're finding opportunities that you're interested in so that you stay motivated, engaged, um, kind of, and see your commitment through. That's really, you know, it's one thing to get yourself out there and be visible um, this way, but you also want to make sure that it's a positive uh, outcome for you and that and folks see you as someone who is um, a real contributor to whatever type of engagement you might be involved in. Um, and I, I think that's, that's pretty much kind of what I can contribute here. Yeah. Thank you, Mandy. Uh, just a, a quick follow-up for the pro bono. I know, I mean, it probably is different depending on how you're access, accessing your pro bono, but uh, do you find that, d does Morgan Lewis do trainings? And if, um, you know, for, for people who aren't at um, the bigger firms, I, I, I believe typically the organiza certain organizations offer these trainings. I know the BBA does, but can you just speak to kind of, uh, you know, feeling like you're, you're trained enough to do this pro bono work, perhaps, you know, choosing to do work within your specialty, that sort of thing? Sure, I know that there are a number of clinics out there that will offer, you know, if, if you are interested in um, going to the, potentially do a one day pro bono clinic um, that will offer training ahead of time so that you, you know, if you're a new attorney and you haven't dealt with this area of the law, you're at least trained on the types of questions that you may be faced with, where the resources that you should be pointing folks to, um, some firms, you know, some of the larger firms are going to offer some, you know, potentially larger pro bono training, and there might be um, a lot of staffing done on a pro bono matter, depending on the size of the engagement. Um, I would certainly say early in your career, and I, I know I'm going to start to sound like a broken record on this, but as far as if you get into a pro bono matter and it's, it, you know, you're working on something that you thought you could take on and it starts to kind of balloon into, um, you know, things that you have not been exposed to yet, I certainly would be tapping into supervising attorneys, mentors in the field. Um, you don't want to get yourself down a path where, you know, you feel like you're not experienced, but you don't want to raise your hand. So um, certainly if you don't feel like you have the training on the front end, I encourage folks to make sure that they're employing the resources as they navigate um, what potentially may be something they didn't predict coming up on a pro bono matter. Great, thank you. And, and Pyle, I, I know um, you're involved in the BBA's Corey Sealing Clinic, um, and that's the, some pro bono work you do. Can you just share a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I got started, so BBA has a wonderful um, Corey, which is criminal offender record. Um, it's basically people who in the past, you know, uh, seven years, three years, 10 years ago, had some um, involvement with the court system, but have since uh, moved forward with their lives and become 
productive and had um, uh, good contributions to the community, but people still have, you know, their, their criminal records that are preventing them from accessing services or being able to volunteer or being able to get jobs um, or be, you know, a lot of them are underemployed. So the BBA has this wonderful Corey Sealing Clinic that I joined um, about a year ago. And um, I didn't know anything. I don't practice criminal law. I didn't know what a criminal record looked like. I didn't know how to read it. Um, and the BBA had a wonderful training program uh, for people who wanted to volunteer, newbies like me. Um, and we really went through <clears throat> Um, the different parts of a quarry, how to read it, uh, the, the law had changed about what can be sealed and how long it takes to be sealed. And I, every, this happens once a month on, I, I believe, the first or second Wednesday of each month up until, uh, up until the uh, COVID-19 shutdowns happened. Um, and the first couple of months that I went, of course, I didn't know very much. I just did basic intake, filled out the forms. But then as I started to talking, not only talking to the clients, the pro bono clients that I had taken, um, and I started helping them and actually getting their quarry sealed, if not the whole thing, at least, uh, you know, majority part of it, I felt like I was really contributing. And I had wonderful resources to go back to through the BBA as well as through other organizations where I could just pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, I don't know what this uh, offense is for. Um, I, I don't know what statute it comes under. And I would get a lot of help from the BBA on that. So it's a great way to get involved. It doesn't take very much time in terms of time commitment. Um, you can run queries online and then, uh, you know, review them and then work with the client yourself. This is your client. It's very, very helpful to feel empowered in terms of being able to have your own client and to be able to communicate with clients. Um, you know, and there's a lot of help from the BBA to kind of get you along the process. So I would highly recommend the BBA Corey Sealing Clinic um, to everybody that's interested in getting involved. Great, thank you. And I think that that's a good segue too. I know the BBA just offers so much opportunity and we've already uh, discussed it a little bit, but Steve, I know you're very involved at the BBA. So do you wanna just, if you have anything to add in terms of how you volunteer or if you have any suggestions um, for new lawyers? Sure, I have two, two items. Um, first at the Boston Bar Association, um, I got involved by uh, simply volunteering to be a panelist uh, at a presentation, probably about non-competes. Um, and from there, got an invitation to uh, join a committee uh, for commercial litigation. And then I attended committee meetings consistently for several years. Um, and I helped put together events. Um, I helped moderate events. I put together content myself. Um, and then I got selected to be the co-chair of that committee. So I became the co-chair of that committee for two years. And I did the same thing. I showed up. I um, tried to do the best job that I could do putting together events um, and just trying to have lively meetings where I was engaging people. Um, and then most recently, I think based on my experience there, uh, the BBA tapped me to become the editor of the Boston Bar Journal. And I'm trying to do the same thing there, just attending every single meeting and being as engaged as I possibly can. Um, so that's sort of a one pathway through the BBA and it started with the low-hanging fruit of being a moderator or putting on content. Um, anybody can, can do. Um, the other thing is um, I'm the president currently of the Boston College uh, Law School Alumni Association. Um, it's a one-year term and the pathway there also started 
with low hanging fruit. 10 years ago, I came up with an idea of starting a BC Law LinkedIn group um, when one didn't exist, believe it or not. Um, so I, I started that and I grew it and became a sort of a, a voice from the school to its alumni through that platform. Um, from there, I got some recognition um, from the school and then I got on a committee for one of the dinners that the school throws every year. Um, from that committee, I went every week or every, every time we had the meeting, um, and then I got selected to be on the board, and I served on the board for the Alumni Association for several years. Again, attended all the meetings um, and tried to stay engaged in that, and then was elected president um, this fall. So it was a long path, but the, the theme of both of those um, volunteer opportunities is that I started out small, and I just stuck with it. Um, year after year, and both of them have led to these um, these positions that I have now. So, if you're thinking about um, if you're thinking about the big picture, the, it pays just to focus on just the small beginnings and just being committed and showing up. Um, that's all I've done, and I just keep doing it, and um, that that's what works for me. And it has helped raise my profile along among the BBA and at the uh, the BC Law uh, alumni community as well. Great. Thank you, Steve. It's always good to hear about BC. I'm an alum as well. Um, and it's just a, a good suggestion. You know, you always have your, your law school group or your college group or just other groups, um, you know, that you might, you might be able to stay involved with expanding your network to lawyers and non-lawyers alike. Um, so I think it, it would be good if we uh, move on to recognition in the legal community, uh, one of our um, last topics here. Um, and I'm going to turn to Susan, if you could talk about Mass Lawyers Weekly awards and how Mass Lawyers Weekly is involved in recognizing lawyers um, in the community. Absolutely. So uh, Mass Lawyers Weekly, we have three awards programs in Massachusetts every year. We have one in Rhode Island. And in Massachusetts, we honor a variety of categories of attorneys. We honor our lawyers of the year who are newsmakers. So someone who um, made news in a particular calendar year, either they helped push through some legislation we want an enormous verdict, something like that. Um, we honor our in-house leaders who are leaders in the in-house community. We honor up and coming lawyers who are lawyers with less than um, 10 years of time practicing. We honor leaders for ex uh, lawyers for excellence in pro bono. And then we have our top women awards. Um, in most of those instances, we solicit nominations from the community and the honorees are chosen by a panel of uh, members of the community. So we have an outside selection panel. The one exception is our newsmakers, our lawyers of the year, which are chosen by a, a panel from, derived from our editorial department. It's not that we don't accept nominations for those. We do, we just don't solicit them. And so if you do know someone who has done something that's really extraordinary in a particular calendar year, you should certainly let us know. Um, but they are a little different in that we don't solicit them. For the other categories, as I said, we use outside panels to make our determination. Um, and in terms of not getting nominated, um, one, you can certainly nominate yourself. There's no, no problem with that. Um, you can talk to your, your marketing uh, people about uh, submitting nominations, uh, colleagues, former colleagues, past honorees. We actually get an enormous number of nominations for our programs from prior honorees, people who have previously been honored at those, at those uh, events. Uh, the nomination process is actually pretty simple for us. It's a form where you fill in the name and the contact information and a little bit of information about the person. What we really use to make determinations of who we're going to honor is our questionnaire. We send a questionnaire to everyone who's nominated and that's really your opportunity to 
tell us about yourself and to demonstrate why you should be honored. Um, I would encourage people if they are nominated for one of our programs to put some time and effort into that questionnaire. Um, either fill it out yourself or if it's going to be filled out by someone in your marketing department, look it over. Um, make sure it's just not cut and paste from your firm profile. That's the kind of thing that the, the outside panels we work with tend to not look terribly favorably on. Um, consider getting some recommendations. Here, you know, quality is better than quantity here. Um, sometimes we'll get, you know, 15 recommendations for someone and they all more or less say, Susan's a really good lawyer and a great colleague. That's not going to carry a whole lot of weight, but the panel really looks very favorably on substantive nominations from, uh, say, a client, from an organization that you do a lot of work with, perhaps pro bono work, or perhaps you're heavily involved in a bar association. Uh, perhaps a supervisor or a former supervisor, you know, substantive recommendations from people like that carry a lot of weight with our awards and I would suspect with a lot of other awards programs as well. And then I would say to make sure that you emphasize your, some of the things we've been talking about here, your pro bono work, uh, your work with bar associations, your volunteer work, that carries a lot of weight. For us, most of the people who are nominated, they're good attorneys, they're doing good work. And typically the people who are making the selection are looking for something more than that. So they're looking to see, are they involved with the Boston Bar? Are they involved with the, the women's bar? Um, do they do a lot of pro bono work? Are they involved in their community? Do they do, are, are they mentors? Do they teach? Are they involved with their alumni association? That's all valuable information. And I would encourage people to be expansive. Don't shortchange yourself. We'll get, uh, we'll get submissions and it will say, you know, member of the Boston Bar. And then someone on the selection panel will say, well, wait a minute. She's not just a member of the Boston Bar. She chairs this section or she speaks on, you know, she's spoken on this topic or she's heavily involved in this, this pro bono activity. And that isn't clear from the, from the, the paper. So, you know, toot your own horn a little bit. Don't be shy about, um, as one of the other speakers said earlier, you have to sell yourself a little bit. So don't, don't be shy about doing that. It's, there's, if you're doing the work, you should, you should put it all down and, and make clear just how much effort you're putting in. There's a big difference between being a member and really being involved and don't shortchange yourself. Thank you, Susan. That's a great point. And just logistically, the form you were talking about for nominations, is that just found on the Mass Lawyers Weekly website or is that something you reach out? It is, it is on the Mass Lawyers Weekly website. We also publicize it in the paper and oftentimes we publicize it in our alerts, but they're, they're generally open pretty much year round, um, except right when we're, you know, right, we're right before a current event, we might turn it off. But generally, anytime you can just go in and nominate somebody. Great. Thank you. Uh, Mandy, can you talk a little bit about recognition kind of within the firm or within an organization that a lawyer is working at and what you think is important for um, being recognized uh, at work? Sure. Um, so I, I do. It, recognition comes in so many forms. Um, you know, a lot of firms may have um, internal awards. I know that there are firms that I've worked at um, offer awards to pro bono um, each year to highlight, you know, outstanding accomplishments in that area. I know that um, firms may offer some sort of internal award for commitment to non-billable activities. So being involved with um, a committee um, or, you know, that kind of well-rounded attorney that 
that recognizes someone's going above and beyond just the work that's in front of them. Um, you know, I think it's important, and I, I kind of want to go back to something Susan said, that you don't want to shortchange yourself um, when you're kind of looking at your achievements every year and you want to be recognized for certain commitments that you've done, whether it's inside the firm or outside the firm, it's important that you're advocating for yourself and letting people know about this. So for those of you that are in organizations that have some sort of self-evaluation or assessment where you're evaluating your accomplishments <clears throat> each year, you should highlight it on there so that you may be recognized um, at the practice group level, at the firm or organizational level, um, and then by keeping track of those things, when you get to a point where you should be recognized externally, you're able to go back and kind of track all of that. So I do think um, it's important to keep your eye out for opportunities as junior attorneys um, to really kind of just plug yourself in and, and make sure that you're um, able to highlight those accomplishments throughout your career. Um, I do also want to just mention that I do... it a foundation um, or building block for you as you look for opportunities to be visible and be recognized within the legal community, whether it's internally or externally, is making sure that you are focused on doing good work. Um, a lot of folks, you know, they put their head down and do work and may forget the visibility side of things, but it is important that you're doing good work so that you're building your reputation and can ultimately leverage that into opportunities for visibility. Um, and recognition within the community. So I just want to put a plug in for that. <laughs> Thanks, Manny. Yeah. The foundation of good work is obviously very important, but I think it's easy to, to forget that when you're so concerned about getting your name out there. So it's a great point. Um, and Pyle or Steve, um, I guess we can start with Pyle, if you have anything to add. I know, Pyle, you talked about social media, um, getting you know, your, your name out there, talking about what you've done. I know you, you use LinkedIn really well, um, and, and I'm trying to learn more about how to use LinkedIn to show those things. So did you have anything to add about recognition in that way? And, and just a point that Mandy made about um, you know, keeping track of what you're doing, especially toward, you know, at the end of the year when you've got awards coming up, uh, for example, if you're getting nominating yourself or getting nominated for um, something, for example, from Mass Lawyers Weekly or BBA. Um, my social media LinkedIn posts are actually a way for me to keep track of because I can go back because everything that I do, I um, market that on uh, LinkedIn, for example. So if I'm speaking on this panel today, it, there is a link for it trying to get people to register for the program, but also as a reminder for myself that I've done this. And so at the end of the year, I can just go back through my LinkedIn um, articles or posts and see all the things that I've done. So I don't need to keep a se separate list. So just to add on to what Mandy had said, keeping that list is important because it's very easy to forget, especially if you do a lot of things uh, during the year, it's easy to forget what you've been doing. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a second reason for me to make sure that I use LinkedIn uh, effectively. That's a great point. I hadn't thought of that. Thank you. Steve, do you have anything to add about recognition? I'm just a big believer in uh, writing and um, even as a law student have an opportunity to uh, find more senior attorneys and see if there's anything that they're interested in writing, um, suggest ideas to them and offer to co-write an article um, and uh, then pitch it together to any of the places where we've talked about, um, because I think that um, that's one of the ways that almost every attorney in my law firm has raised their profile locally is just by um, writing about areas of interest that we, that we uh, practice in. 
Great, thank you. Um, and I think we'll, uh, before we go to the question and answer, I'd uh, just like all of the panelists, if you could just uh, share one piece of advice for our attendees today, um, you know, how, how you, what you think is most important for new lawyers to keep in mind when uh, looking to increase their visibility, get their name out there, volunteer in the community. Um, we, can, uh, we can start with Susan. So this echoes, I think, some of what we've already talked about, but I, get started early. Um, I think that, you know, people get out of law school, they get your first job, and it, as Mandy said, it's really important to do good work and to build that foundation, but it's also really important to already decide, you know, what are you interested in and start to get your name out there and start to have people know who you are. I think it's a mistake to wait, and the sooner you start to build your brand, if you will, um, the better off you're going to be. That's great. Mandy? I think I'm going to end up repeating um, something else we also said earlier today, but um, I think it's important that when you are looking at ways to do this, that you are identifying things that you're interested in that will keep you motivated and keep you engaged. Um, I think that's really the a kind of a component of being successful in being visible out in the legal community. That's great. Steve? Oh, Steve, I think we got, we have you on mute. Uh, total fail. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, my advice on this is the old adage, and I think it's debatable where this quote came from, but 80% of the success is just showing up. Um, you know, the Boston Bar Association in normal times has all kinds of events. Uh, go to those events, attend um, presentations, um, and just talk to people go to talk to uh, presenters, talk to the moderators, uh, and just be a cons consistent presence. Um, and that is really a lot of what it takes to just be known as somebody who is going to be involved and can be relied upon to, uh, to stay involved and uh, provide um, good work. Thank you. I think that that's great. And just, you know, to kind of jump in there, um, I came back to the Boston um, community to work like a little over two years ago. And, you know, it, it seems overwhelming at first, but I just got right involved in the BBA. And I think what you say about showing up, you, you join the community and sometimes you see that there's all these opportunities to get involved. And like everyone's been saying to, you know, be on a panel or uh, be a moderator. Uh, sometimes I think it can be intimidating as a new lawyer to think, oh, do I have that, that substantive knowledge to contribute, even though to some extent we do, but since we don't have as much experience, um, but there are so many ways to get involved. And I would really welcome um, anyone who would like to be a member of the new lawyers group. Um, that's just an example to um, uh, let me know. Um, and, and we would, we would be happy to, uh, to have you in our group, but, but Pyle, I'll let you share your piece of advice. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and, and just to add on to what Steve said and, and you said, Kathleen, it's so important to, again, show up. Um, uh, I was a Florida lawyer for the first five years and I went to law school there, but then I came up to Boston to practice and I really had no network whatsoever in the legal community, no, um, law school alumni association that was local. And I found that. Um, when I would go to, for example, these BBA events, like Steve was saying, I would walk into the room and I'd not know anybody. It was intimidating. Um, the one big thing I learned was to always have a wing person, whether it's a wing woman, wing man, um, wing dog, um, bring somebody along with you so that at least you've got one person to talk to in the entire room. And the more often you show up, 
people will start recognizing you. So it took me about a year uh, to get used to the people and for people to get used to me. Now I can, you know, walk into a BBA event and know at least 10 people and have that comfort level of going there and not feeling alone. Um, so definitely find a wing person to do that. And again, by, you know, marketing and talking about what you're doing, you are setting up your network. So I don't have a network in terms of law school here or an alumni association, but I've got my BBA network and I've got my LinkedIn network. And so that's how I make full use of, um, you know, what I do and making sure that I'm visible in my community. Great. Thank you so much. And you guys are are awesome. We are pretty much right on time to have 10 minutes um, for questions and answers. Um, and anything, anything else you, the panelists would like to contribute. But I just want to thank you all for, for being here today. Um, I think this was awesome. And I know the BBA has had great success with uh, their webinars, and I see why. Uh, it's a great way to kind of bring this content to everyone from home uh, during the quarantine. Um, so do, do any of um, you guys have anything to add before we turn it to questions and answers? Oh, okay. Looks I, I will. I will say this. This is an offer. Um, if you're, if you don't have a wing person, um, and it is normal times again soon, um, come to a BBA event. Um, look for me. Look for Pyle. Look for Kathleen. We're easily recognizable. Um, I'm the tall, average-looking, middle-aged guy. Come over and talk to me if you don't know anybody else. I'm very uh, friendly and easy to chat with. Thanks so much, Steve. I appreciate that. And I, I will say too, I think that I've, I've found that at the BBA that there, um, you know, it, it kind of depends on your personality. It, it's, it's great to have someone there that you can talk to and kind of integrate with. But if you don't, I found that everyone at the BBA has been very friendly. Um, and the networking events, um, people know that, you know, sometimes you're trying to get out there. If, if you're new or if, you know, you're just coming by yourself, it, it um, everyone's real, usually really nice about it, or always in my experience. Um, and I'll just add, um, if you don't know any of the attorneys, sometimes just hanging around with the BBA staff is amazing because then the BBA staff gets to know you. And next time a panel discussion comes up and they're putting some panel together and say, hey, maybe Pyle wants to be on it or maybe Kathleen wants to put this together. So you're not, you know, make sure that you're focused not only on the lawyers in the organization, but also the staff at each of the organizations that you're interested in or that you're participating. That's a great point. I actually used to work at the BBA before I was a lawyer, so I, I will say that they're great um, today and they were back then as well, so, it's, so that's a really good point. Um, yeah, so okay, so I see a bunch of questions and answers and I see that the panelists answered a few of them already, but um, I, I will, um, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll ask the question and then see um, whoever wants to can take it. So the first one I see um, is how can an international student straight out of law school get involved in the community and do some pro bono work? And um, if I can answer this, so I was an international student when I came to the U.S. to uh, college. So I understand that if you're on a visa, I'm not an immigration lawyer, but just be careful about um, doing work outside of the college, uh, outside of the law school um, that may count as work for your EAD or employment authorization documents. So be careful about um, I'm not sure whether the pro bono volunteer work would qualify as work on your EAD. Uh, but I would just caution you that. And in terms of, um, you know, once you've set that aside, um, in terms of whether you are uh, okay immigration-wise to volunteer or to work at organizations, um, just call up some organizations, a volunteer lawyers project, or just call up the BBA saying, hey, I want to get involved. How do I do this? Um, if you have uh, taken the bar and you have been sworn in, 
um, and you are licensed to practice law, that shouldn't be an issue. But again, if you have not been um, licensed to practice law, then make sure that what you're doing with the organization is not the practice of law. Uh, the organization usually can find other things that you can help with, whether it's doing intake forms for uh, clients coming in, um, whether it's picking up phones. Uh, and there is a lot to, to be said about helping in that way, at least. It doesn't have to be that you are, you know, using your legal expertise. These organizations need help in a lot of different ways. So reach out to the organization that you're interested in and see how you can help, even if you don't have a license to practice just yet. Great, thank you so much, um, Payal. Uh, okay, so next question. Uh, if looking for jobs, do you have advice to include these activities, volunteer slash publications in the resume? If so, what is the best way to highlight them? Would, uh, example, would you include these activities even if the resume would extend beyond one page? Um, Steve, do you want to handle this one? Oh, sorry, we have you on mute. I'm not, I'm not that old. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as somebody who interviews people frequently um, for uh, internships and legal positions, I would say absolutely include it. And if you wanted to get it noticed, either put it at the very top of your resume or where I always started the resume, which is the very bottom of the resume, interests, because that's where I'm going to lead the interview, um, because I want to know what's interesting about you other than just where you went to law school and um, where you interned that summer. So absolutely include it, um, because it's going to tell me something about yourself that might not come out immediately in the interview otherwise. So yes, absolutely. Um, and I do recommend keeping your resume to one page, um, if at all possible, but that's not a big deal. Mandy, do you have anything to add? I know you work with attorneys. I'm not sure how much resume uh, building you do, but. No, I, I absolutely do. I, um, I agree with Steve that it should be included on the resume, you know, and depending on um, if it was opportunities that you had while you were working somewhere or um, if it's just kind of experience that you've had in between, I, you know, you can highlight it under volunteer opportunities, community involvement, um, I, I do think it shows that you are committed to practice um, beyond just kind of the billable work that you've done um, and kind of give some color to the person that the folks um, that are doing the hiring can, can see. So I, I fully encourage you to include it. And just one point to add is um, when you are uh, look, applying for jobs, in all likelihood, they are going to um, look for look you up on Google or LinkedIn. So if you've got this, if you don't have enough, um, you know, s the surface area on your resume, the one page resume to put in, just put in interest, you know, volunteering with XYZ organization. And if um, the interviewer has time or they can look up LinkedIn and see, oh my God, she does, you know, she or he does, you know, an event every month. Um, so that's a good way to kind of lead them into seeing the level of work that you're doing. And another good thing that Mandy mentioned that I suddenly uh, reminded me is if you are from outside the area, one of the big things that a lot of firms are concerned with is your commitment to staying in the area because they don't want you as new lawyers to come in, spend the money and time and the resources and training you only for you to get up and leave. So if you can show that you are involved and tied into the local community by um, your volunteer activities, that gives them a very good idea of saying, look, she's committed, he's committed to staying here. And that's another factor for them to consider when they're evaluating your candidacy for a position. That's a great point. Okay. 
Um, next question. I am a recent law school grad. I plan to take these tips to heart in the near future. Do you have any additional advice for us preparing slash entering into the legal field or anything else we can do to set ourselves up for success? Thank you so much for doing this and for your time. Sorry, I haven't been reading who's been asking these, uh, but Su Jin Han. Um, anybody in particular want to take this one? Go ahead. Uh, start with Mandy and then Susan. I'll keep it quick. Um, you know, on top of everything that we've talked about today, I do think one thing that um, is important for newer attorneys to keep in mind as they're engaging in this uh, practice is developing relationships. And that is developing relationships with your colleagues at work, with the people who are supervising you, with uh, the folks in the bar association um, that you're getting to know and also maintaining relationships that you've already cultivated, whether it's through law school or previous um, employment. I, you know, this is a business that really leverages relationships and it's important not just to develop them, but maintain them over time. Um, so I would say, you know, on top of doing good work and looking for opportunities to be recognized in the community, this is another prong of the stool that really you need to focus on um, from a very early stage. And, and continue to nurture those relationships as you navigate your career. And I was gonna say something very similar um, about networking, but not just networking for the sake of building a network and getting a lot of people on LinkedIn, but really developing relationships with people. The, the bar here is, is really pretty small and um, people are oftentimes very close. I mean, you know, you develop really long-term friendships with the people, the colleagues that you work with or even work against in some instances. Um, and so, you know, do that, get out there, not just, not just to build your brand, but also to make, to make contacts and, and really build relationships, um, not just professionally, but personally that are going to make it much more fulfilling to be part of this community. I'd like to follow up on what Susan said, because I think that's, that's sage advice. Um, and what I would recommend something very practical, if you are sort of, sort of wondering where to start, you could literally start this today. Let's say that you went to college at University of Iowa and you graduated um, University of Chicago Law School and you're looking to make connections in Boston. You can look for people on LinkedIn who have that specific, specific profile or who were in a particular club that were, you were in at University of Iowa. Find them and reach out to them. Just send them a cold email and say, I'm, I'm looking to speak to somebody who has a similar background about what you have found to be interesting at the practice in law in Boston. I guarantee that person, um, if they don't respond to you the first time, they'll respond to you the second time. Uh, and we'll sit down and make time to talk with you. And in normal times, you can go to their office and meet them in person. And that's a fantastic way to get connected in a way that you wouldn't normally um, have access to. And they can probably put you in touch with other people in the area as well who share similar interests. So that, that's something you can literally start as soon as this um, conversation is over today. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point, Steve. And I know it can be hard to do the cold call or cold email, um, but you know sometimes it really does pay off. I, you know, I've experienced that myself, and and have friends that have experienced that. So especially in a tough um, job market, I think it's it's important to put yourself out there and and really really try because it, it can and does pay off. It works. Yes. <clears throat> Okay, so we have um, one last uh, comment from John Donnelly. Nobody has discussed sincerity. If you are volunteering just to market yourself rather than be truly interested in the cause being served, it usually comes through and is not 
um, an optimal experience. So I think that that's important. I, I, I think that kind of goes with the good work uh, that we were talking about, that it's really important to have that foundation. So thank you very much, John, for po pointing that out. Does anyone want to talk about that? I'm happy to chime in. Um, you know, I, I hear your point, John, and the connection should be organic. Um, you know, if you're going to be dedicating any portion of your time to something, you know, uh, to, to Pyle's example, you know, she has picked something that, that has meaning for her. Um, and she is, she's obviously expressing herself in a way that's absolutely sincere. Um, and the, the fact that there is this collateral benefit of um, it, it helps her profile in her community. That's great. Um, you know, the things that I do, I'm connected to um, my, uh, my law school. I'm passionate about helping people from my school who um, had circumstances like mine. And so that's what's driven my connection to the school. So, uh, you know, I couldn't go fake it someplace else. I just don't have that much time in my life. If I'm giving a presentation at the Boston Bar Association uh, about 93A, it's not because I'm a, um, I'm a big lover of Chapter 93A, but it's because something I find, you know, intellectually challenging and I'm happy to work uh, through the, the the chess match of a 93A case with others and share that with them, um, and it also does have the benefit of raising my profile. But they have to they have to have some organic connection to you. Thanks, Steve. That's really helpful. Uh, looks like we have we've gotten gotten through all the questions. Um, so uh, if if anybody has anything else to add, feel free. But otherwise, I just want to thank the panelists again for, for attending. I think this was an excellent uh, webinar. And um, everyone can feel free, all the attendees, to reach out to any of us um, about either getting involved with BBA or anything that was talked about today, even if you have logistical questions or just uh, would like to talk to any, any of us um, about any of the topics, please feel free to, to reach out. All right. Okay, I think we have perfect timing, so we will sign off. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Kathleen. Thank you.